You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Good morning. How is everybody? What did y'all expect when you came? Was it that? Can you give it up for our worship team? That was amazing. Thank you. So cool. I, uh, I don't know if that's a, a, new, a new thing to you. If you're new to Renew Life Church, if you're a first-time guest, welcome. Can we welcome our first-time guest? Thank you so much for coming. Um, man, honestly, I'm just overwhelmed by the Lord. Like, his goodness, it never ceases to amaze me. Like, he always does exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, hope, or even imagine, and that was just him showing off. So um, I love that about God. So thank you so much for coming. My name's Cody Sykes. I'm the campus pastor here at the Midland Church, and uh, just really honored just to get to share with you for for a few moments. Um, Yeah, God is moving. Today I want to talk, uh, I want to talk specifically about faith, about faith. I want to talk about what faith is, what faith needs to look like, and how to engage our faith. But before we do, I just want to pray one more time as if we hadn't prayed enough, but you can't ever ask the Lord for enough help. So Father, I thank you for helping. (laughs) Thank you for helping me speak. Yeah, we just slow down. Yeah, thank you for opening our ears to hear you, our eyes to see you. Uh, Our intention in being here is to be, to, to become more like you, to walk in all that you said that we could walk in and be the people that you said that we could be. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is true. There is nothing more true on the earth than the word of God, and I thank you for giving it to us. And so as we open scripture and as we share your word, I pray that your presence would break out in this room. I pray that you would come and you would settle on your word. I pray that healing happens while your word is shared. I pray that salvation is stirred up in the hearts of people while your word is shared. I thank you for taking us on a beautiful journey, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You glad you came to church? I'm glad I came to church. So I want to talk about faith. Uh, in October, it was like October 3rd or 5th or something like that, I was sitting, sitting during service, and, and during worship, all of a sudden, this, word, this question came up on the inside of me. And this question was, where is your faith? And it wasn't like the Lord asked me where was my faith because he didn't think I had any or that it escapes me, it just got me thinking, where actually is my faith? Where is our faith? And I'd heard this question in scripture, and I knew instantly where, where it was when I'd heard it. And we look in Luke chapter eight, and we, we see this question asked by Jesus to his disciples. And so it says this. It says, now it happened on a certain day And he got into the boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. We've all heard this story. And they launched out. But as as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came on the lake and they were filling with water and they were in jeopardy. And then they came to him and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he 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 rose and, and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased and there was a calm. I love that part. But he said to them, where is your faith? 
And when they were, and when, and they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, "Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him." I, I love this this question: Where is your faith? Because this gets me, it stirs me up. It it spurs me to revisit some things. It spurs me on to make sure that I am I'm, I'm finding my trust and I'm finding my faith solely on the person of who Jesus Christ is. Because Jesus Christ is everything. I believe like the disciples in this day, I believe that we are being prepared to go to the other side. I'm gonna speak just prophetically for a moment. I believe that God is preparing us to cross over to another side, to a different side. We are here. I believe that God is preparing us to take us from here to over there. He wants to take you to a new place in your marriage. He wants to take you to a new place in your relationships. I believe that there is a new gear coming in the upcoming year. No, I'm not trying to rhyme because I'm not good at that. But I believe that we're fixing to all get a new gear. Another gear is coming into our transmission, so to speak, that will take us farther into what God has promised. How many of y'all would like another gear? Anybody ever driven a standard vehicle? Has anyone ever not known how to use the clutch on a standard vehicle and you literally jerked your guts out on the seatbelt? Yes. Funny story. Didn't think I was going to tell this one, but I'm going to tell it myself. Uh, when I was, I was 15, I got... <laughs> I got in a wreck before I was 16, so there's that. Uh, I drove a standard pickup that, um, oh my gosh, it was the most fun truck. It was lifted, sunroof, crazy sound system in it. It was amazing, it was so much fun, but it was a standard. And so I learned how to drive this truck, and uh, when I was in high school, I don't know what students do now, but you could hang out at Rose's before they kicked you out of there. And so we would hang out at Rose's every night, every Friday, every Saturday. Our meal was a dozen tortillas and a large queso. It was just what happened. And then you followed it with Dr. Pepper because that's what Texans do and Christians. And so this is what we did. <laughs> this is what we did. And so I was, uh, all my friends, this is the, the Rose's on Midland Drive. All of my friends are hanging out right on that stretch that's kind of like to the left of the, of the entrance and the exit facing Midland Drive. And... Uh, so I was, I was driving, and, and it, was, it was cool because I was the only one driving illegally, but I was driving. And so I've got music pumping, and like everybody, it's like literally like, look at me. is all you could see, like a flashing sign over my truck. Just look at me, look at me. And there's a, there's a vehicle in front of me that I didn't notice. And so like music's pumping, and I'm waving at my friends, and all of a sudden, I hit this truck in front of me, in front of my friends. Then I did the most ignorant thing ever. I just let go of the clutch and I hit him again. <laughs> oh, he was so ticked. But I believe that the Lord is taking us into this place of a new gear. But when driving a standard vehicle, there's those times where if you don't shift, you start redlining the engine. You start overstressing the engine. You start putting the engine under undue pressure. And some of us have been in that season of life where we feel like we're so wound up, we're so running in one gear that we don't know what else to do, but I believe the Lord is fixing to give you a new gear so that the RPMs come down and you go further, faster into what God has called you to. So I'm gonna receive that word from my own life. You can do with it what you would like, 
but I believe that there's a new gear coming. I believe there's a new gear coming for our church. I believe that we're gonna walk in some incredible things that have been spoken over our church. And, and just to share and just to remind you of a few things that have been spoken over Rooney Life Church, just to enlighten you if you're new. It's been said that there will be a season of some years where we will see miracles happen continually. There will be a wave in this church of miracles and it will draw people from all over the world. They will come here to see what God is doing in the spirit realm. This is already manifested. Our, our keyboard player, along with her roommate, they moved here from California after just seeing what happens in Midland, Texas at Renew Life Church. Like, this is coming, our becoming our reality right before our eyes. And so these are just some things that have been spoken. It was said that God has called this church to break through every single impossibility. We will see diseases like Alzheimer's healed. We will see the most incredible, incredible miracles happen in this church. It was said and it's been called of us that we are a movement, a move of God that will help be a big part of bringing a revival into this region. These are the things that I'm clinging to. These are the things that if it was spoken by a prophet, then I'm going to let my faith be attached to their words. I'm gonna watch it come to pass. Please understand this, I'm not boasting in these things that have been spoken over our church. But as a church, our intention is to hear God and then go after what he said that we could go after. Our, our vision is literally to see God, I mean see heaven come to earth in every single area of our life. And so that's what we're after here. That's what you saw in worship. That's what you experienced in worship. We believe that there is a reality that we don't have to wait until we die and go to heaven to experience the realities of heaven, but we can have them right here, right now on the earth, and that's what, that's what we're going after. Amen? But for us to walk in the things that as a church that have been prophesied over us and for the realities of heaven to become, a, become your reality in your marriage and your reality in your relationships and your reality where you work and for moves of God to happen through you because they can, it's going to take faith. Plain and simple, it's going to take, it's going to take faith. I wanna start this conversation with what I believe is one of the, the most important question that Jesus asked his disciples. Found in Matthew chapter 16, you can, you can turn there, it'll be on the, on, the, on the big Bible. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said this to them, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Everything hinges on your answer to this question, who do you say that Jesus is? 
You can't move forward in your relationship and in faith and in trust with God if you can't first confidently answer the question of who you believe Jesus is. Not who you've been told about, not what popular opinion says that Jesus is, not what so-and-so says that Jesus is, but actually who is it that you say Jesus is? What is your personal belief about who the person of Jesus is? Do you have faith in Jesus? Do you have faith in him for your marriage? Can he provide for you in your finances? Who is it that you say Jesus is? Do you have faith for him at your job, to step in and intervene at your job? Do you have faith for him to step in and do something within your health and your body? Who is it that you say that Jesus is? In Luke chapter six, verse 35, it says that out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth will speak. Meaning that whatever is in here is gonna come out in the way that I speak, it's gonna come out in the way that I believe, it's gonna come out in the way that I talk, it's gonna come out in the way that I live. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will, it'll speak. So what comes from your mouth will reveal what is in your heart. What comes from your mouth will reveal your belief and will confirm or deny your faith. That's a scary thought. We ought to watch our words. We ought to listen to what we're saying because I can track my faith and how much faith I have in an area or how much faith I have in Jesus when I listen to myself talk about my situation. Most of us would like to talk with earplugs in so that we don't have to actually hear ourselves because sometimes our words, they're actually coming against what we say that we actually really believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak good or it'll speak evil, one of the two, but something is going to come out. So what you say about Jesus and who Jesus is, it reveals what you believe and it reveals your faith that you have in him. Jump with me to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, we're gonna go to verse six. This is one of the most famous scriptures as it pertains to faith and talking about faith, but it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. This scripture reveals to me the limitlessness of who God is. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is what? Fill in the blank. That he is limitless, that he is inexhaustible, that he is unchanging, that he is constant, that he is faithful, that he is good, that he is a creator, the creator. He is the beginning, he is the end. He is the savior, he is my healer, he is my provider, and the list goes on and on and on. This scripture lets me know that there is no limit to who God is. And I love this about this because these are some things that we have to set our faith on. We have to set our faith on, my faith won't go beyond who I believe that Jesus is. It can't. If my faith, if my belief in Jesus 
It stops at, you are my savior, you're my Lord, but I don't know about healing. You'll never, you won't experience healing. Because you've never even applied the thing that is needed to usher in a move of God in your life, which is faith that he could actually do it in the first place. Faith, faith is what pleases God. It is impossible, the scripture said just a second ago, it's impossible to please him without faith. Faith is simply this thing that has to do with trust. If God doesn't have my trust in an area, then something does. If God doesn't have my trust in an area, then some other thing does. And so I get into this place where I trade, I trade God for a thing. And the last time that I checked, a thing never was offered up on a cross after living a perfect life to give me freedom everlasting. But I find myself and we find ourselves in these places with our words, with our actions, with our deeds, with the way that we live, where we're exchanging our faith in God for our faith or our trust in a thing, in some thing. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We find ourselves in these, in these positions where a job contends for our faith. It contends for our trust because we have bills to pay. All the bills. Beyonce sing about them. They're all of them. <laughs> they're, they're not going to stop coming. They are what they are. But is Jesus my provider or is my job my provider? And how much trust and how much faith does this one have versus this one? A president or a political party contends for our faith because freedom is in jeopardy. But is Jesus really the Prince of Peace or is he not? Side note, if you find your, if you, if you, if your fight for freedom as an American jeopardizes your belief and your faith in God or it ruins your witness, I propose to you that you stand to lose far more than you're thinking that you, you'll keep. We have to figure out a way to not disengage, but not have so many eggs in a basket that is going to fall apart. It is going to fall apart. It's not about our if, it's, it, is, it is literally going to fall apart at some point. Sorry, that was a tangent, a free one. After the dust settles, we have these thoughts like, after the dust settles, you're the only one that you can trust at the end of the day. I would ask you, is Jesus really your Lord? Well, it's flu season. I ought to get prepared and I ought to stock up on all the things. Is Jesus actually your healer? Hear what I'm, hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying quit your job. And just say, well, Jesus, I, Jesus provide. Just, just, just provide. If that was the case, how many would sign up for that life? I would hunt so much, it would be insane. I'm not saying, like, don't vote or don't be informed about what's taking place. I'm simply saying check yourself. Ask yourself the question, 
where is my faith? And then be honest with you. Scripture talks about there's no one that knows the things of a man except for the spirit that, was, that is within that man. You can't lie to you, and you can't lie to God. So let's not do that anymore. Let's move on from that. Where is your faith? And then wherever it is, take that to the Lord. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I believe in this area, but help my unbelief. Strengthen the areas I submit them to you. Help me in the areas where I don't, I don't believe. Is my trust in the creator or is it in what he has created? These are, these are things that we've all heard. These are things that we've all known. These are, these are elementary, so to speak, Bible teachings. This is, but I'm saying that God has got a new year for us and it's gonna take faith to get there and we need to revisit some things of the old. As if faith is old. What are you talking about? God didn't give up Jesus so that he could compete for our faith. He wants our faith, he wants our unwavering trust. Faith is the thing that pleases God. The other thing about faith that I want to point out is that faith has to be active. Faith has to be active. In James chapter 2, Starting in verse 14, you could flip there if you wanted to, and you can also look up there as well. But it says this, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters? I want you to literally listen to the scripture like you're just having a random conversation. Like, let this be for you. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see your brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, and have a good day, stay warm, and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and it is useless. Now, someone might argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Verse 19, you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God, good for you. He's kind of a smart aleck in the scripture. It's, it's pretty intense. Good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Verse 25, Rahab the prostitute is another example. 
She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith. I'm sorry, so also faith is dead without good works. If we're going to walk in all that God has called us to on the other side, we have to have an active type of faith. How am I putting my faith to work? What deeds am I doing that confirm my faith in what I say about Jesus? Does the way that I talk point to Jesus, does the way that I live back up what I say I believe? I was reminded in the first service of, of, of a testimony just about a active faith, and active faith looks so different in so many different uh, moments. It could be big, small, it could be a small thing, it could be a big thing, but I was reminded of this, this young lady that's a part of our church, and, and over the Thanksgiving break, she went to Dallas, and she's young. She's 19, uh, 20, she's in that, in that age range. And at dinner, she overheard the people at another table kind of start freaking out as they got their, their ticket for dinner. Like they didn't have enough money to pay for it. And she felt inside that the Lord was moving on her to pay for it. So she took their check and she paid for it. But little did she know, it was $320. I don't know if y'all remember what it was like to be 19 or 20, but 320 bucks, well, that's some faith right there. That's a drag that word out. Faith, that's, that's taking a lot. That's a lot. So she did it. She got home. In the mail was a check for $320. Like, this is what active faith is. It doesn't have to be this grandiose, huge, I laid hands on someone that was in a casket and they were, they were dead and I raised them from the dead. That's not, that is active faith, but that's not where you have to start. We have to activate our faith. We have to start living in a way that it proves what I say about Jesus is true. Where is, where is your faith? Another, another indicator of where our faith is is our speculations. What are our speculations like? Is it instant, instantly negative when that report comes in? Is there an instant like, oh my gosh, they said that this was gonna be how it was gonna be for the rest of how it's gonna be and there's nothing else that could be done about it? Is that where it ends? Or is there something that you press in past that that says, actually, I'm going to do something to engage my faith until I see physical healing manifest in my body? We just uh, celebrated the life of a church member here a couple of weeks ago. Manny, he was a little Hispanic guy that was just incredible, and he passed out communion every single Sunday at those doors. Uh, he passed away unexpectedly, and, and his story is one of these stories of there is nothing else we can do for you. He had cirrhosis of the liver. His liver had completely shut down. This has, been, this has been years and years and years ago. And literally it was said to him, you have hours to live. 
There's nothing, you need a transplant and it's not feasible for you. And then he opened his self up to, but what if God did something? He never got a liver transplant and he lived over 10 years from that day that they gave him hours to live. Even just that tiny little thing is the activeness or it is the engagement of faith. Jesus, I heard that you're a healer. Will you heal me? I'll start believing for it. And you get to live the best 10 years of your life after Jesus comes in and does something incredible in your life. It can be big. It can be small. It has to be active. The question today is, where is, where's your faith? The last part of Hebrews 11 that we read, 6. I'll read the whole thing just to refresh us. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. This is another dimension of God that we have to settle within ourselves. I have to move, we have to move off of this place of, I missed it, and now I have to start praying things like, God, just, just take me back into relationship with you. You ever been there? The reality is that he never left you. Because it's not in his character or nature to leave you. He forsook Jesus so that he would never have to forsake you the moment that you give him your life. So to pray a prayer that says, Jesus, bring me back into relationship with you is completely wrong because the truth is he never left you. He's waiting for you to acknowledge the fact that he's still here. He's always going to be here. He's never leaving. Jesus is enough. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I have to cross over into this place of understanding that he is for me. That he is good. That every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. That's who the Father is. I have to cross over into this place of understanding that he is a rewarder. There is nothing that I love more than to do something incredible for my kids. It, it is so fun to surprise them with something, something small, something big. Like it, it, it always is a joy. Why? Because I'm a father to kids. It always brings him joy. Why? Because he's a father to kids. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I just want to encourage you to activate your faith today. Turn your belief about him into faith in him. Your faith in him, he wants to reward it. I want to leave, I want to leave with this and then I'm going to have you stand and we're going to pray. God is not going to make you do anything, but he's waiting for you to do something. He's not going to make you do anything that you don't want to do, but he is waiting for the moment that you'll do something. He is waiting for the moment that you'll activate your faith for something. And the moment that you open yourself up to, yes, I'll move even when I'm very, very uncomfortable. 
I'll scream and I'll shout for someone even if it seems to be very, very uncomfortable. I don't know what it did for the person that I screamed and shouted for. But I pressed beyond something because I felt like the Spirit of the Lord was on what Steve-O was saying. And so in faith, I went for what he said. I might not ever get to see what happened in her, but I guarantee you it did something because I saw a smile come on her face that wasn't there before. It takes faith to just do some of the small things in the kingdom. Where is your faith today? Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.